Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is a chance to get to know hammer thrower Anna Purchase, who, after being on the England team for the Commonwealth Games last year, is off to the World Championships in Budapest. Based in the US, she's improved her personal best from 61 to 73 metres since the start of the 2021 season. Anna, you've been on quite a journey since starting out as an under 11. (laughs) Just rewind for us and tell us how you got into hammer throwing. So I started getting into athletics when my mum took me and my sister to, you know, those little satellite clubs they have around. And eventually we ended up at the, you know, not athletic track, the kids nights where you try a lot of different events. And I quickly realized that I wasn't a big fan of running. So I wanted to try more of the power events, which was the shot put. And I don't think we were supposed to like my age wasn't allowed to do hammer at the time. But basically through that, I ended up getting put in hammer in a couple of meets. And one of those meets was uh, competitions. I mean, I'm using American terminology. Um, and at one of those competitions, my first coach saw me and was like, hey, I think you have a bit of potential. Why don't you you know, come down and we'll start doing some training. And then kind of from there, I improved pretty quick and then kept going. And I ended up going to English schools. And you know, when I got to the age of 18, I ended up going over to the States. Yeah, and I think it was in your final English schools that you got a first medal so there was some perseverance needed is that fair to say yeah. in an event where <laughs> there aren't always the biggest amount of competition yes. opportunities as well yes I think I got fourth twice and then I think I did a sixth and then in my last one I got silver or bronze I can't quite remember if I'm honest but it was getting that fourth place every time I was getting fourth but you know English schools and nationals and it was a real motivator to you know actually just keep getting up into that podium and keep improving it was frustrating but also really motivating to keep going so you know it wasn't one of those stories of instant successes for me it's been a real a real journey of determination so it keeps you motivated (laughs) yeah well that's certainly the the positive way of looking at it isn't it so (laughs) then going to the USA where you've spent five years now at what point would you say that you made a breakthrough or is it a more of a gradual process so for the first year and a half of my you know American journey I was at the University of Nebraska during COVID I decided to transfer universities I ended up in Australia for six months with my ex-boyfriend in that six-month period I decided you know to transfer and I ended up luckily getting to the University of California Berkeley where I met my coach and I really think that was the turning point in my athletic career like I I feel like I really didn't know a whole lot about the sport, about the technique, about, you know, the framework of it all. And when I met my coach, I really, I say drank the Kool-Aid. I really, I bought in with his program immediately. I really believed in him and his, you know, philosophy. And I've got a really, really good relationship with my coach now, but it's taken a couple of years. And I think just, you know, learning so much from my coach and being around the amazing group of athletes we've had, that was the real, you know, start to my progression to the world stage. You've had to make yourself at home in in more than one new country then. And it seems like you've, you've had a, a fantastic time <laughs> along the way. So at what point did you feel that you, you had settled? Because that obviously is something that helps you produce out there on the field, isn't it? Yes, I think in terms of geography, it's been difficult. You know, it's moving continents then states then back to, uh, to Australia and just it, it's not been easy but I think I think it's more the people than the place you know so I struggled a little bit through you know my NCAA career in terms of that but I think 
I finally got to a point now where we have a really good group of athletes, a good group of, you know, professional athletes that train with my coach. And I'm super settled with my coach. I truly believe I'm going to be with him until I, you know, retire in my sport. And um, he's going to be at Budapest. So I'm, you know, I'm really, really appreciative of those people having those people around you that support you and, you know, motivate you. I think that's the most important part. And what about the fact that it seems to me until let's say five, six years ago, there weren't anywhere near the amount of British athletes going out to the USA. I think one factor is seeing a couple of success stories for whom things have gone well. Was that a factor for you? I want to say I was in part of the first wave. I think it was a couple of years before me and then it was me. And then I, around my age is when everyone started flooding out there. And I think for me, I wasn't really paying much attention to those that are out there. I saw it as an opportunity to travel. And I think that's one of the craziest things is I was never one of those kids that was like, oh my gosh, I want to go to the Olympics. It was, I do this because I love it, you know? And um, I wanted to keep traveling. I wanted to you know, explore. I wanted to throw, get a degree and travel all over the States. It seemed like an incredible opportunity for me. But I think with us going out there and having success and people seeing the opportunity and the competition, and I just think everyone wants to take that opportunity the same way we did, if that makes sense. And having that visibility of that now, you know, we have a lot of people at Worlds that have been to the the States in the NCAA system. I think it's becoming a lot more appealing and feasible for a lot of people. What do you enjoy about being in California? (laughs) <laughs> California you know I it's it's a hard question because I feel like you end up just you know it's just life but in another country and I think <laughs> I loved the opportunity of adventure I, I when I was younger I couldn't really imagine much worse than just staying where I was so being out there now I really really enjoy when I think about my life path you know my mum passed away when I, when I was like 14 so I think I kind of lost that immediate tie to my home. So I had to grow up pretty quick. So when I got to 18, I was, you know, a lot more, I guess, detached from what I grew up in. And that was why I found it easier to go to the States, if that makes sense. But just seeing, I've seen so much of the world through being in the NCAA system, so much from seeing being in track that I think it's an incredible perk of being an athlete, you know, just seeing so much, meeting so many people and, I'm so thankful for the opportunities that I've had. You mentioned there what happened with your your mum. Yes. Has that changed you as a person in any way? Has it changed your your sporting career in the, in, in the way that you've looked at it in, at any point? Well, my mum actually bought me my first hammer um, about three months. It was for Christmas, so about three months before she died. And um, she always used to take us, me and my sister, I mean, to do sports. And she really, you know, dedicated all of her spare time she was a single mom even though we saw our dad at the weekend so she spent all her time making sure that we had the opportunities to do what we wanted so I think as a person I always think about you know what she would have wanted me to do and I think being you know a strong independent resilient woman is kind of all that she would have could have asked for me to be and just following my heart and making sure I follow my principles follow my morals but keep progressing onwards I think she'd be super proud of me and I think she'd be proud of me whether you know I'd have married and had a kid already or whether I'd be doing um sport but I just know that you know all the effort she put into us growing up she really kind of built that platform for me and my sister to be independent and strong and obviously my dad was part of it too but you know I think she'd be super super proud of you know the resilience and the the life choices we've made and she would have been especially proud when you were selected for the Commonwealth Games yeah. <laughs> and I know it was a a tough selection to yes. make 
because of the amount of uh, British women who are so close to one another. It has actually been quite an extraordinary um, shift, if you yeah. like, to all be improving at the same time. Because in, in 2018, you had one female hammer thrower over 65 metres. And in the last two years, you've had eight. Yes. And that's absolutely extraordinary. Uh, what do you make of that? Um, I think it's great. I think I got grown up with these girls and we were all throwing, you know, 56s, 60s, 70s. And then we all really just hit that next level. And everyone's doing it in their own way. Some in the States, some in the UK. I think the competition is great. My selection last year, I was super grateful for it. I also know, you know, I was the only one selected and the other girls had the standard and the opportunity to do so. So I was really lucky to get that selection. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't make full use of it with my performances, but um, I'm super, super grateful for the experience and being able to perform in front of that home crowd, in front of my family in Birmingham. Absolutely. Yeah, because what a team to be part of <laughs> at a home championships. We have been quite blessed that there have been a few home championships over the last five, six years. But, you know, once you're actually there and part of the team and, and see that the event was a roaring success with the crowd, you know, it must have meant a lot. Yeah, it was it was incredibly intense. I will say that for my first chance <laughs> at major championships in front of a home crowd, it was a lot, but it was so awesome. I don't think, you know, anything's going to be as daunting as walking into that final stadium with, you know, everyone shouting your name and, oh, it was a crazy experience. And I, at the time it was going to be, you know, the only home champs we probably had, but, you know, now they've announced Birmingham Europeans in 2026. Um, I'm super excited to, you know, try and make that team and go back and kind of rectify my performance in front of another home crowd. And it's a great opportunity for not only me, but some of the other female athlete hammer throwers. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned how, you know, it took some time to really master the event. And and, yeah. and once you met your coach, you, you learned more about it. The late Sean Pickering always used to say to me that anyone who kind of masters the hammer before their 30s. Yeah is done something incredible because it's such a complex technical event. And also you have issues such as you might even go to a championships or somewhere where you hope to throw well, but the circle you just don't quite yeah. get to grips with or, yeah, literally getting to grip with the hammer itself. Sometimes um, there was a situation with Lawrence Sequoia in the discus where he had to throw a, a new implement that was straight out of the box yes. for some particular reason and he just couldn't get to grips with it and therefore you know, he had three throws to try and make the most of yes. it and, and couldn't. So there are some, yeah, there's a lot of complexity and sometimes things that people don't realise that make the event tricky, right? Yeah, definitely. I think there's certain circles that are really, really slippy, certain ones that are really slow. There's the net might just be a slightly different angle or set up at a slight orientation that's off. But I think, you know, the more experience you have, you know, the longer you're doing the sport, you kind of get used to those things. And I think it's all in adversity. It truly is, you know, who does it on the day? And unfortunately, Lawrence couldn't do it in that in circumstance. And, you know, there was instances where the New Zealand Lauren Bruce, she um, she fouled out at Commonwealth because she hit the net. You know, if it's honestly just who's there on the day. And I think we all have a lot of respect for each other. We all are aware of those adversities. So everyone's just trying to do the same job and get their performance out. So we're all aware of it, but we all do our very best to kind of mitigate against it, if that makes sense. So you don't look at it and think three throws to qualify. That's that's so unfair. You know, <laughs> You know, I think it's difficult because you, you, you're you working your entire year, your, your entire season. You know, I'm trying to make the world finals and 
three throws it is intimidating but there's a lot of experience with that in the NCAA system for example you know regionals you have three throws to get top 12 and then only the top 12 in the entire region go to nationals and then nationals you've you know you've got three throws to make the final and then you've got three more throws to try and you know get on that podium so I think you're always kind of if you look at these events to prepare for these circumstances it's like we also have a meet uh, early season the one IPR debt or PB debt my coach often just lets us do three throws at that meet as a mock qualification, if that makes sense. So it's, these are the kind of things it's intense, but when you have the right people around you that have had this experience, how know how to approach it, you can do things that help you prepare for that. If that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> I suppose you would have been training as though you, you'd hope to make the world championships. Absolutely. But selection was <laughs> guaranteed more recently so you know what was that like though to achieve selection was there some relief involved yes I think you know there's been a lot of talk about the, the selection policy this year and um, I did have you know two of like the standards set but then the proving form one was a bit difficult you know I came back from the states right before championships and I didn't quite perform how I wanted to um, but then you just have that, like, you know, you never know if you get selected until you get that call, you know, and we got that call a couple of weeks before it was announced. So it was such a relief. We weren't allowed to talk about it, but it was so nice, you know, hear those words. I did have a little bit of a cry because, you know, it's just thinking, wow, I really, I really made, you know, it's, I think aside from the Olympics, it's the pinnacle of our sport. And when I think about it, really like to make it to this level I don't think a lot of people you know when I went to Harvey Haddon Stadium for the first time when I was like 12 who would have thought that I would have reached this stage in this circumstance it's really crazy and I'm super appreciative of everyone that you know that has dedicated themselves and supported me through this journey it's really it makes me tear up too much if I think about it <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have a little cry now um <laughs> You're so close to the British record as well. I mean, it's an obvious question to ask, isn't it? But yeah. incredible improvement to get over 73 metres. Thank you. And to think that you're you're close to kind of the best ever in the UK, that's just really exciting on its own. Yeah, I I think, you know, the Olympic standard now is 74 metres. I've thrown 73.02 and our British record is 74.50. So to know, you know, really have to basically throw up near the British record to get automatic qualification for the Olympics is it's a sign of you know how much people are improving and a sign of the times I guess but you know I'm ready rearing to go we've already you know had some discussions this week about how I'm gonna what I'm gonna improve on next year what our goals are and obviously focus on the world championships but I already know how I'm going to improve for next year and I'm definitely aiming for the Olympic qualification and aiming for that British record it would be amazing to you know get that in my name and just you know Sophie Kitchen bronze medalist like I watched her growing up and you know to be at that level is again mind-blowing like I really wouldn't have expected this when I was younger but you know I've really dedicated myself to it I've made a lot of life decisions to you know move to California and just kind of establish myself in the states in order to do this sport so it's really nice to you know see the kind of fruits of your labor I guess. And what do you say to your friends who don't know much about hammer throwing at all? You know, they're probably excited for you making a world championships and the you know, classic question, like when are you going to be at the Olympics? But yeah, what do they kind of think of your career? What do you tell them to, to explain <laughs> to them what, what hammer throwing is? A lot of my friends are ones that I've had since I was younger, like very young, like, you know, some of them I've been friends with since I was like four. And a lot of them are also in the track world, so people understand it. But 
the ones that aren't doing the sport, they are so supportive of me. I don't know if they fully understand what it means, you know, to get to the Worlds, but they think it's amazing. And I really, really appreciate their support. They understand that I can't come home and see them very often or I'm always training and I'm trying to persuade them to come out and visit me in California at some point. But they're just super excited for me and they know it's something I've worked for this whole time. And they've been around since, you know, my mum passed away. They've seen all the struggle and what decisions I've made. And I can thank them enough for just you know being there and also being my non-sporting outlet a lot of the time and having that you know balance and fresh perspective on things and now you've graduated is that correct yes so I graduated with my B bachelor's last year in media studies and then I did a master's in the cultural studies of sports in education this year (laughs) yeah so what do you think the future holds for you going forward potentially because yeah there's the kind of the choice where are you a full-time professional athlete? Uh, can you get funding? Or do you have other passions that some people actually quite like to have that yeah. something else to focus on? Um, I think where I live in California, uh, just the cost of living, there's no way at the moment that I couldn't work. Um, there's not a whole lot of funding in track and field. And I know British athletes have been struggling financially recently. So I kind of look at it as... I kind of don't expect to make much money from my sport. I'd love to get sponsorships. I'd love to, you know, you get prize money from certain meets, but I kind of look at it like I want to develop my corporate side and my professional career to prepare me for after track as well as, you know, if I can make money through a sport, it would be great. And I'd love to kind of explore that avenue. You know, I'm very fresh into the professional world, so to say, but um, I'm definitely moving in my corporate career. I'm I like social media marketing and I've been doing social media management from some of my teammates, including one or two of them that are going to be at Worlds, one medaled last year and I'm her social media manager. So that's super fun. I love, you know, video editing and content creation. The reason I'm trying to do that more freelance is because of the flexibility and, you know, the working remotely allows me to travel and do all the sports stuff I need to do. And, you know, obviously track is the priority, but I also need to, you know, develop for life after track as well as you know earn enough money to pay the crazy California rent (laughs) who's the athlete who meddled at Worlds uh Cameron Rogers I do her social media management and then one of the discus throwers from Team USA Elena I do her social media and we actually also have another athlete um Mikolas Elekner so my coach has four of us from four different countries and then another two that are at world are coming to train with us next year in California so we have a really really good group of talented athletes so it's awesome to be able to you know get back with them when I go to Budapest. Yeah I mean it's a it's a great way because there's certainly a gap in the market from a throws perspective just to give them more of a spotlight you know of what a great athlete Elekner is particularly. Yes yeah no he um He's he's incredible athlete and my my teammate Cameron we we started as a bet believe it or not so I was like I bet you I can you know get you to ten thousand followers before you graduate she had about three thousand and I think by the time she graduated I got her to thirty thousand and now we just we've just hit like a hundred and one or something like that so you know showcasing the um, power and muscles are beautiful I think I think a lot of it is you know showing that women are very capable showing that women are doing this sport and I really like showcasing strong independent powerful women and showcasing in a beautiful way rather than you know I think a lot of the time people don't see hammer throw as a glamorous event and stuff like that so kind of trying to show the reality of the sport and of the event can really help you know bring its awareness yeah particularly as as we said it's one of the hardest events to master so just a bit more appreciation on that yeah brilliant well it's been it's been so great to chat to you and hear your story and hope it all goes well thank you so much 
Hope you enjoyed that chat with Nottinghamshire's finest, Anna Purchase, who's off to Budapest, as you heard there, via Australia, Nebraska and California. Good luck to all our athletes competing and a huge well done as well to those successful at the Commonwealth Youth Games in Trinidad and Tobago. Terrific medal tally. It's been great to see those results coming through. Thanks for listening to this episode and stay tuned for more great conversations on the England Athletics Podcast.